James told me I had the distinct honor of welcoming our fellow Burlingtonian, Mr. Gary Greiser. He's, he's uh, what, was it your mother who, who went to church here? Yeah, mother and all of her family. Yeah, so he's, he's back and he's going to bring a wonderful message uh, and song for us today. So I welcome Mr. Gary Greiser. James, I made one observation when I came in today. Okay. Can you guess what it is? I don't know. The uh, bulletin board at the road yeah. has been updated since I was here last. The Christmas cantata has been removed. And I'm gathering that LD didn't tell you that he was going to be gone today ahead of time. I don't I know. I, I was not expecting to see some of you here if you had known in advance that he wasn't coming. <laughs> Just full disclosure, he won't be here again next week. Uh, <laughs> I want to review Easter. I remember LD asked me one time to listen to what he was saying and offer any suggestions. Well, LD is about as good a preacher as there, there is. And I suggested to him that when he makes his points in his sermon, that during the sermon he go back and review the points. I said, you know, in school they tell us you teach them, and then you teach them what you taught them, and then you teach them what you taught them again. And people need to be reminded of your points. Now, he didn't say any more about it, but he does that. You, you, you pay attention. You'll notice. He does that. So I decided to do that today. I'm going to review Easter. I want us to reconsider Easter. And so we're looking at Easter right now on Palm Sunday. Matthew says it this way, the disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. That was Palm Sunday. We move to Thursday, and we find the disciples and Jesus eating what we call the Last Supper. In the upper room. And Matthew says it this way. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and offered it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Jesus told them in the words of Luke, do this 
in remembrance of me. Do this in remembrance of me. It's Friday. Friday. Matthew tells us this, that he released Barabbas to them, but he had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. 
Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the, into the praetorium and gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him and then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand and knelt in front of him and mocked him. Hail, King of the Jews, they said. They spit on him. They took the staff and struck him on the head again and again. After they had mocked him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him away to crucify him. As they were going out, they met a man from Cyrene named Simon, and they forced him to carry the cross. They came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. Jesus walked down the Via Dolorosa, the way of sorrows, the way of death, carrying his cross for his crucifixion to shed his blood for my sins and your sins. You know, that's a tough concept for us, the blood, shedding of the blood. Sacrifices were so routine back in Jesus' day where the blood of an animal was shed to pay for the sacrifice of a sin of a person. But Jesus shed his blood for your sins and mine, for all the sins of all mankind, for all time. He walked down the Via Dolorosa. Down the Via Dolorosa in Jerusalem that day, the soldiers tried to clear the narrow street. But the crowd pressed in to see the man condemned to die on Calvary. He was bleeding from a beating there were stripes upon his back And he wore a crown of thorns upon his head And he bore with every step The scorn of those who cried out for his death Down the Via Dolorosa Called the way of suffering like a lamb came the Messiah, Christ the King. But he chose to walk that road out of his love for you and me. Down the Via Dolorosa, all the way to Calvary. He was bleeding from a beating, there were stripes upon his back, and he bore a crown of thorns upon his head, and he bore with every step the scorn of those who cried out for his death. 
A few years ago when Mel Gibson created the movie The Passion of the Christ, L.D. Campbell and Tommy Baker and I went to see it at the cinema at the mall in Florence. And we sat in there and watched that movie and were just, I don't know what the word is. It did something to all of us. And after it was over, we sat there in the upper part of that, and I asked L.D., I said, do you think this was really uh, a good depiction of what happened? Was it really like that, do you think? He said, no, I, I don't think it was. He said, I think it was much worse. Now, I can't imagine much worse. I don't know if you've seen The Passion of the Christ, but the crucifixion of Jesus is gut-wrenching. Later, John said, knowing that all was now completed and so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. When I saw the passion of the Christ and witnessed the, re the, the crucifixion scene, I just wanted to stand up and yell to the top of my lungs, it is finished. But when Jesus said it is finished on the cross, it wasn't just his own life, I think, that he was referring to. I think he was talking about the payment of sin for all mankind for all time was finished. It was finished. And Jesus is Lord. It is finished.
There's a line that's been drawn through the ages. On that line stands an old rugged cross. On that cross, a battle is raging for the gain of man's soul or his loss. On one side marks the forces of evil, all the demons and the devils of hell. On the other, the angels of glory and they meet on Golgotha's hill. The earth shakes with the force of the conflict and the sun refuses to story through to the resurrection but Jesus' disciples and his mother didn't know how the story was going to end 
They watched Jesus die. They had invested in Jesus. Mary had invested her whole life in Jesus. The followers, the disciples, had invested their futures in Jesus. And they saw him die on that cross. I want you to put yourself at the foot of the cross with his mother and with his disciples. And I want you to put away your knowledge of the resurrection and feel along with them the emotion of losing their son, their brother, their savior. And then experience the joy with them when Sunday morning arrived. They all walked away Nothing to say just lost their dearest friend all that he said now he was dead so this was the way it would end the dreams they had dreamed were not what they seemed now that he was dead and gone the garden the jail the hammer the nail how could a night be so long then Watched him die too. She 
heard them call him just a man But deep in her heart She knew from the start Somehow her son would live again Then came the morning Night turned into day The storm was rolled was a close follower of Jesus. Peter was a brave man. Peter was an outspoken guy. The kind of guy that would tell you what was on his mind, whether you were interested in knowing about it or not. Peter was a brave man. You remember when they came to arrest Jesus? What did Peter do? He took out his knife and sliced the ear off of one of the arresting soldiers. Remember what Jesus did? Put it back on. Pretty cool. But there came a time in the life of Peter. He was not so outspoken. Not so brave. You see, Peter had denied three times even knowing Jesus, who he loved. And I believe that following the, the, the crucifixion of Jesus, we would find Peter in hiding, fearful that the same soldiers that killed Jesus would come and kill him as well. I believe this outspoken man, we would find him to be depressed because he had denied his Savior. But Peter came face to face with the resurrected Jesus and experienced forgiveness firsthand. I want to sing for you today Peter's song, his story, his testimony. And I want you to, I want you to hear this as if Peter were standing here singing this song to you. And I want you to hear it 
through Peter's mouth and through his life experience. And I want us all to experience the forgiveness that Peter experienced when he came face to face with the resurrected Jesus. And I pray this morning, the Sunday after Easter, as we review Easter, that we too might come face to face with the resurrected Jesus in this room today and experience forgiveness firsthand. Gates and doors were barred and all the windows fastened down. He spent the night in sleeplessness, rose with every sound, half in hopeless sorrow, half in fear the day would find the soldiers breaking through to drag us all away. Just before the sunrise, I heard something at the wall. The gate began to rattle, and a voice began to call. I hurried to the window, looked down into the street, expecting swords and torches and the sound of soldiers' feet. There was no one there but Mary, so I went down to let her in. John stood there beside me as she told us where they'd been. None of us knows where the stone's been rolled away, and now his body isn't there. We both ran toward the garden. Then John ran on ahead. We found the stone and the empty tomb just the way that Mary had said. And the winding sheet they wrapped him in was just an empty shell. How or where they'd taken him was more than I could tell. Well, something strange had happened there, but just what? I didn't know. John believed a miracle, but I just turned to go. Circumstance and speculation couldn't lift me very high. Cause I'd seen them crucify him, then I saw him die. Back inside the house again, the guilt and anguish came. Everything I'd promised him just added to my shame. When at last it came to choices, I denied I knew his name. Even if he was alive, it wouldn't be the same. Suddenly the air was filled strange and sweet perfume. The light came from everywhere, drove shadows from the room. Jesus stood before me with his arms held open wide, and I fell down on my knees 
and I just clung to him and cried. He raised me to my feet, and as I looked into his eyes, love was shining out from him like sunlight from the sky. Guilt and my confusion disappeared in sweet relief, and every fear I had ever had just melted in. Jesus said, I have come that ye might have life and have it more abundantly. So I would ask you this morning, is Jesus alive in you? Is Jesus dead in you? With Jesus, there is no middle ground. Either he is alive in you or he is dead in you. Today, the Southern Baptist Convention has declared this day Baptism Day. And I want you to know that if you desire for Jesus to be alive in you, I would encourage you to confess him today in front of this group and let Jesus become alive in you before these people today. James is going to lead us in our invitation. Dale will be here to receive anyone who wants to make a decision. May Jesus be alive in us today.